You're listening to the Wesley Seminary Podcast. Your host today is Dr. Aaron Perry, Associate Professor of Pastoral Theology and Leadership. What difference does the presence of God make? You can ask that question cynically when things seem to be crumbling or breaking down, structures of support are missing, people might be gone, there might be feelings of isolation and loneliness. What difference does the presence of God make? You might also ask it in a way that is presented by today's guest. Today's guest is Reverend Gloria Ezekiwe. Gloria is an adjunct lecturer at Emmanuel Bible College in East Swatini, where she has been since January of 2020. Gloria is the national representative of the Wesleyan Church in Haiti. She and her husband, her husband who heads up the Emmanuel Bible College, she and her husband Joshua are the husband of two teenage sons. Gloria and Joshua have been in pastoral ministry. Joshua just recently graduating and Gloria finishing up her program shortly are students at Wesley Seminary. I have learned from Gloria in the classroom. I've learned alongside her as we've had discussions, as I've read her assignments. And that is part of why I wanted to share her voice with you listeners. Her reflections on the presence of God have been encouraging and deeply meaningful to me. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the presence of God. We're going to talk about some of what her ministry context is like and what it was like for her to come through a very difficult season in ministry, or we might say outside of ministry. Maybe some of her story will illuminate your own or inspire your own or resource you as you're going through your own. In today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about atonement as well. Indeed, the reconciled presence of God in our lives. A couple of resources on atonement that I would highly encourage for you. One is The Crucifixion by Fleming Rutledge. Fleming Rutledge is a wonderful preacher. She has a scholar's mind and a pastor's heart. The Crucifixion is published by Erdman's. I'd also recommend The Cross of Christ by John Stott. Once again, a preacher with a scholar's mind. Both use vivid imagery. Both use keen biblical exegesis. Both books are not short. They're both long, longer books, but they are books that sustain you while you are reading them, right? They're not books that you simply read to finish. They are books that sustain you while you are reading them. As you listen to Gloria's story today, as you hear her reflections on atonement, you might pick up one of those books, one of those resources to continue your own journey in asking this question. What difference does the presence of God make? Because in today's testimony, you might hear just how it made a difference for Gloria and how the presence of God can make a difference in your life. Stay tuned for a word from some people from Wesley Seminary and then enjoy the podcast. We are Wesley and you belong here. My name is Victoria Borum and I am Wesley. I'm Lenny Lucchetti and I am Wesley. My name is Chris and guess what? I am Wesley. Hi, I'm Tina Shapit and I am Wesley. We recognize this beautiful diversity that the Lord has called together that is Wesley. My name is Corey Merritt and I am Wesley. I am Wayne Brown and I am Wesley. I am Colleen Durr and I belong here. You belong here too because we are Wesley. Welcome to the Wesley Seminary Podcast, Gloria. It's great to speak with you today. Thank you. Thank you. I would love to begin by inviting you to share a little bit of your story and your current ministry with the listeners. I'm married to Joshua Zikiwe, and we have two boys, teenage boys. That's uh, Wima, who is 18, and Chemi, who turns 16. We have been in the pastorate for quite a large percentage of our ministry in Kenya. 
where we served in different capacities in different churches, but transitioned in 2013 to be a part of the Wesleyan Church from a non-denominational background. Being in the pastorate has been a very rewarding experience, of course, a lot of challenges in the process. But uh, in 2020, we transitioned to Eswatini, the kingdom of Eswatini, to serve as missionaries with the Manuel Wesleyan Bible College, where my husband accepted the post of a principal while I came here to support, but also teach as adjunct and just do a number of things. (laughs) And one of the things that I've been involved in is also to set up the online platform of learning here at the Bible College, especially uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, it's, it's, It's necessitated that the college begin to think of online learning. So that's that's basically what I have been doing and what I've been up to currently. Gloria, the reason I asked you on the podcast, we've had a couple of classes together. And one mm-hmm. of the things I've consistently appreciated is the voice that you have brought from your your current context in ministry, which is it's different from mine. And so there's been a real opportunity for me both to learn alongside you and also to learn from you to see how some of the material that we have read or processed or discussed together, both from scripture and outside of scripture, to see how that that impacts you as a reader, as a leader, as a pastor, as an educator in your own context. Now, we're going to get into some of that because that's really why I wanted to have you on. But before we get into that, I'd love to hear just some of the ways that COVID has changed your life in the last year. Obviously, you mentioned some of the, the shift of educational platforms that you're working to manage. How else has COVID changed and impact your life in the last year? When we landed in Eswatini, that was last year in January, we had only February and March to learn the ropes of what it meant to be missionaries. We had planted churches in our country in different uh, cultural contexts, but never before that had we left our country to go to a different country to actually do ministry. And so this was quite new, uncharted waters, uncharted territory for us. And so we just had February and March and then lockdown happened, meaning that the college shut down, all the students left, and a few of the missionaries who were due on going on follow also left, meaning that we were on our own in a foreign country with just the nationals, with a lot of challenges, with the language barrier, and during a pandemic that was at its beginning stages. And so in a way, making that move from our country to a different country, we sort of like lost the supportive social structures that would have enabled us to sail through a crisis of the magnitude of the pandemic that happened. It was a difficult time of transitioning from especially active pastoral life that I was accustomed to into being an adjunct lecturer where you teach on a need to basis and trying to figure out how to teach students online because nothing had been done in the Bible college towards online learning. And so being a student at IWU sort of like gave us some, some idea of what to do or how to engage students, which was a plus for the college. But also, as we transitioned here 
shortly after that, there was a thunderstorm and then internet disappeared because the cables were affected, the internet cables were affected. So there was a blackout for a few weeks. I had to pull out of class. Yeah, and so there was a lot of small little components that made the dynamics of transitioning quite uh, a challenge. And I guess because of the loneliness and you know, lack of support structures, I sort of like went into depression. And as I grieved the loss of what had defined me earlier, which was the pastoral, and from which God had opened doors for many other platforms of ministry, especially on the international scale. Up to this time, I didn't realize that much of my work as a pastor and leader in my country, but also on the international platform, had become so ingrained in my identity. And now that I was no longer serving actively in these capacities, I actually just felt lost. I was feeling bewildered, lonely, and eventually just crashed into depression as I was struggling to figure out who I was, whether I still had a purpose, uh, whether God still had used for me. I was just feeling shelved, you know. And so it was hard sitting on the shelf and watching others in action and wishing I was part of the action, but I'm not in a place to engage or to do much. So I guess that's, that's how uh, my life changed during last year. 2020. It was quite a challenge, challenging, difficult season of our time at Teswatini. It's really interesting to hear you articulate some of these things that I've heard from other people as well. The contexts are really different, and certainly there are uniquenesses, uh, there are unique things to each person's story. But I hear you talk about this, the feeling of being shelved, and what a, what a picture that is. The loneliness, the the lack of, of structure or support or just wondering where that would go, the search for identity outside of the important work and the meaningful work that you had already been doing. And, and as other people have gone through, not just pastors, but you know, we, we can think specifically about pastors, but other people that I talk to, whenever there's significant change like you've gone through, those are similar feelings, right? It, it gives points of, of connection with where you've been. Now, one of the things that sparked my mind to speak with you is, as you have spoken with the challenges of ministering, not just out of this difficulty and, and praising the Lord that he's brought you through it and certainly left you in a, in a place to minister, you're also ministering to people who are in the midst of that, who are in the midst of loneliness or wondering what resources are available, who are coming up against the, the edge of their abilities or coming up against the edge of their resources. And one of the things that you have shared with me and with your classmates is the presence of God. I'd love for you to share with us about God's presence and how the presence of God uh, makes a difference in your life as you teach, as you've shepherded, pastored. How has the presence of God made a difference for you in your life of ministry? Let me just highlight a bit of the recovery process. I think that will tie into the whole aspect of God's presence. Finally, uh, during the fall, I returned to, that was last year, I returned to the online classes at Iwo. The Lord graciously put me back into an online community, which was my classmates and my lecturer, my lecturers. And through uh, the mentoring requirements of the, one of the classes I was taking, 
I began to explore some of these challenges that I was facing, especially with my loss of identity and purpose. And we began praying with my mentor and uh, right into the spring semester, there was just a consistency of working together and praying together. And I began the process of rediscovering who I was in God. When all the trappings of position, title, achievements, relationships are, are stripped from us that define us or are taken away or removed for whatever reasons, what really should define us? What is the core of who we are? And going back to the basics of prayer and engaging the word devotionally. You know, before, as a minister, as much as we know these truths where you're like, I shouldn't study the scriptures because I am doing ministry or for ministry. Sometimes in the midst of doing ministry over the years, I had lost the art of studying scripture from a devotional perspective without thinking that I'm doing this for sermons. It's, it's sometimes a thin line after you've been in ministry for a while. It's a very thin line to engage devotionally as opposed to studying for you know, ministry or for something else. So when all this was out, I began to study the scriptures, engage the word devotionally. And it helped me to begin connecting with the Lord again. And when I read the scriptures and prayed, and uh, also uh, as part of the community of the online class, mentoring process and accountability that came with that, something, I just started sensing that I'm connecting with God at a different level than I had known for a very long time. I felt my life now was, was totally dependent on God as my source of light, of life, of love, of well-being. Everything now about my life was being rearranged so that the Lord would take his rightful place in my life. And so I started climbing out of the dark hole into the warmth of his presence, knowing that I am God's child. That's my identity. I am God's child. I belong to God. And God loves me and is with me through good times or hard times, he's in control of the things unfolding, even when I don't seem to understand what he's doing, even when things are just seemingly going south. That became a very, very defining transition from the dark season that I, I was with, with just a lot of depressing thoughts into stepping into a place of hope, stepping into a place of assurance, and stepping into the place of just living out the presence of God in my day-to-day -day life. So God also began to open my eyes to appreciate the change in the ministry direction of teaching at the Bible College or engagement in the Bible College, and that I was still involved in shepherding and facilitating those who were going or preparing for ministry settings to serve God in their areas of calling. So God slowly began to work in my heart so that I began to appreciate the new direction, the new sense of what God was doing in this season of my life. So, so God's presence became so real, became the source of everything. And 
I would say that that really anchored me <laughs> in this season of my life. It's really interesting that you share that, Gloria. I'm currently teaching a class, and, and in the class, we've done a, a, just a very bit of reading on the dark night of the soul. And that's a, mm-hmm. that's a phrase that it, it's used a lot. It's, it's passed around. And I don't, certainly don't want to put this onto you, but it was what you shared reminded me of what we've been learning. And one of the things that the author we've been reading, Richard Foster, says is that the dark night of the soul is not something to be avoided. It's not something to be, to be dreaded. It's not easy. It's painful. But what he says is it's similar to a, a person undergoing treatment who's ill or a person who's needing some kind of corrective surgery, receiving the surgery, that, that that's what it is. And so mm-hmm. in the midst of the dark night, we can be drawn out and have things trimmed away from us that might otherwise be distractions. Because what it seems to me is when you say that you were completely and totally dependent on God for light and life and love and well-being, this deep recognition and, and grasping that you were God's child, and regardless of what would come your way, good times and bad, that you belong to him. That just strikes me as such a clear picture of the closeness of God, that God wants all of his people to grasp, not just not just know in their head, but to grasp and, and in a sense to be grasped by. So I really appreciate you sharing that, you sharing that with us. Because I know for me, whenever I've heard you talk about the presence of God in your life, that's what it was this inspirational moment, right? And, and it's a centering moment it, to, to call us back into yeah, you mentioned there's a subtle difference between studying scripture, studying the word, thinking about God, reflecting in order to do something, right? Teach a, a lesson, give a sermon, lead a study, give counsel, right? There's a difference between doing all those things in order to do something else and doing those things as means of grace to know God. There's such a, a subtle difference between that. And whenever you remind us about God being the source of our life, light, love, well-being, then we're reminded that those things are not simply tasks to be done. They truly are means of grace for God to impress on our hearts. You are mine. You belong to me. Mm-hmm. You are my son. You are my daughter. You're my child. So I really appreciate you sharing that, that with us. I'd like to ask one more question. And it, it's one that maybe is, is a, a little bit beneath the surface. So it's not like a surface level question. It's kind of like an opportunity for you to reflect on and then share with us not just reflect the experience, but to tell us about your reflection on the experience. Maybe I put it like that. So you have been part of, of Wesley Seminary. You're an international student from our, from my perspective. I guess I'm an international professor coming from Canada as well in a, in a seminary based in the United States. But I recall many of our classes will have people from several different countries, right? Maybe three, mm-hmm. four, or even five countries are, are represented. And yet there's majority culture would certainly be from the West, the United States mm-hmm. and, and maybe Canada as well. I would love for you to share with us, what do you think that your classmates and professors even, I would say, but what do you think your classmates and professors have learned from you and your theological reflections? And as you have shared your experience with them, what do you think are some of the things that you have seen your classmates and professors pick up and say, oh, that that's a unique perspective that Gloria is bringing to us. What are things that, that we have learned from you? (laughs) That's uh, an interesting question. Um, as I am reflecting on it, I'm wondering, okay, I'm not sure how to answer, to be honest, but let me just put it in the context of uh, how some of the things I have learned that may have informed the way God has been working and teaching in my interactions with uh, other students. 
Uh, for instance, as I, let me put it this way, as I have uh, journeyed with fellow students, when I started out at IWU, of course, as an international student, it was very challenging and difficult to engage with the, the way this new form of learning, online learning was totally, totally a new space. And one of the things I appreciated that coming to IWU was the fact that in our vulnerability, we had students reaching out to us to just help us, assist us to understand a lot of how the ropes of online learning was, was happening and people we could fall back on and ask a lot of questions. The classes, one of the distinctive features for me at IWU was the intentionality of an applicational outlook of learning so that whatever we were learning was not necessarily just, let me call it uh, head knowledge, but there was a heart component to the learning process, an intentionality that enabled us to be able to apply the things we were learning in our ministry context, which was a refreshing thing for me, but also community that there was an intentionality about interaction and community. And so coming to IWU and then meeting some of my classmates and then after that going online, it helped bridge that connection that there was, there was not just a name on the online platform, but there was just a sense of uh, friendship that we were journeying together, engaging one another together. Now, most of the Causes have been amazing, but as I, as I said, as I was going through defining uh, transitions, especially from 2018, 2019, 2020 was just the climax of everything. As I made the journey, one of the things that stood out or has stood out, and I think that has been sort of like pivotal in my learning experience is at Iwo is when I took the class on atonement. And I think I needed to take that class and reflect deeply on the crucifixion of Christ. Because it was in this class that a lot of also a lot of my reflections about my identity and the, my experiences, some of the painful things I'd been through sort of like got anchored in my theological reflections of the crucifixion of Christ. Let me explain, you know, seeing how deeply inhumane, dehumanizing and utterly brutal and shameful the death of Christ was in the context that it happened. I think from our perspective today, some things are just lost to us. But when we had the opportunity to just step back into the time of Christ and just see crucifixion in its context and seeing that all that happened, Christ did not deserve such violence, but then also realizing that he was taking our place out of his love and obedience to God and his love for us. He takes on our sin and our punishment to set us free from the power of sin, death, and the devil. This settled in my heart that Christ sank so low and he did it for me. 
because he loved me. What more proof did I need? I was loved by God enough for him to die for me. I didn't need any other sign or proof of his love for me or any other assurance that God loved me. And so the atonement class has been the hinge for all my seminary learning. And it is what tied together because it came out so strongly on me who I am in Christ and what Christ did for us on the cross. If we lose sight of the cross and its implications and applications, then everything we do in ministry, in our ministry pursuits becomes hollow and shallow because a central and critical component is missing. And so this also means that when we are going through difficult situations and challenging times, when we are stripped of everything we hold dear, then our ability to bear under the weight of suffering is compromised if this whole concept of what Christ suffered for us and the whole process of crucifixion is not central to anchoring us. There is a song that used to be sung years back. I can't remember the author of it, but there was a line that says, the anchor holds though the ship's been battered. The anchor is Christ, his presence his atoning sacrifice that gives us a sure footing for when we ourselves are going through hard knocks of life or when things are not making sense. So for me, that class just was the hinge so far in my seminary experience that brought all, that, all the classes we've gone through as we've looked at different components of ministry and all that. This has been central, just exploring the atonement of Christ and its centrality in my life and ministry. And so that's what I would say. Amen. Thank you, Gloria. And one of the beauties of being in a learning environment, whether that is in a seminary classroom, whether that is a small group, whether that's a a home study, whether that's the local church, one of the benefits of being in a learning environment is that we're able to hear that testimony from one to the other. And indeed to, to recognize that the benefit of atonement is our union with Christ and then how Christ makes us one with another. So we're able to hear the testimony of another that's an inspiration, that's a reminder, that's a a brand new vision, that's a deepening, it's a a detailing, right? There's so many different adjectives we could use to describe Mm. how the work of God works its way into our own personal lives and has implications Mm. for those with whom we're learning, with whom we're in community. So thank you for sharing your own story with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for taking the time to be with us today. I trust that Gloria's testimony, her story, and the testimony she's given to the work of God in her life has been meaningful for you and does have that inspirational and detailing and reminding and all those things, that kind of work in your life as well as God, we trust, spoke to you through her. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Thank you, Connor, for your editing and production work. Certainly appreciate the time and effort you give to the Wesley Seminary podcast. The Wesley Seminary podcast exists to introduce topics and resources for fruitful ministry. Trust we've done just that today as Gloria has shared her testimony and her journey with us. So thanks again, Gloria. Thank you listeners. Thank you, Connor. Trust you all to have a great day. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the name Wesley Seminary.